0: Amen. That's who he is. We're going to talk about that this morning. If you would join me in Psalm 100, that'll be our passage of Scripture uh, this morning. If you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to use the one that's there in the pew uh, in front of you and follow along with us as we read Scripture today. I hope that you are having a great day. I hope that as you walked uh, in the church this morning, as you looked at the beautiful Uh, fall leaves, as you felt the great weather that you, man, just with me said, what a great day, what a perfect weekend. Um, And it's easy to feel that way because right now it's beautiful outside, right? It was a little bit harder to feel that way Monday morning when I woke up because it was cold, it was unseasonably cold, right? It was like 20 degrees colder than the average for this time of year. And those circumstances, right, those circumstances like the weather, like how well you slept last night, like what type of of things you have on your to-do list, those circumstances, they have a major impact on how we're feeling, don't they? Have a major impact on on how thankful we are. Um, There are times that it's easier to be thankful than others. It's easier to give thanks when the conditions are just right. When everything is going your way, right? When the wind is at your back, it's like you're running downhill. Everything just is going your way. It's easy to be thankful. But what about when it's not like that? Anybody ever had a day where it's not like that? Right? You ever had a day where it's not everything is is a win, not everything is, is easy? I think we all have. The Scripture calls us to be thankful in good times and in bad. To be thankful even when circumstances aren't that great, when there's miscommunications, when there's bad weather, when there's expensive maintenance projects that weren't expected, right? Isn't it funny how those maintenance projects, those things that we all have to fix, we're always caught off guard when we have to fix them, right? Like, what do you mean I have to put new tires on my truck, I thought these were gonna last forever. That's the thing that Nicole hates the most in the world is when we have to put new tires on a vehicle. She says, we have to spend all this money and it's like you didn't get anything, right? Because you already had tires on your car. When those things come up, is it easy to be thankful in those moments? Wherever you're at today, whether circumstances have been great, whether you've just had to buy new tires for your truck or not, we can be thankful. And though it's harder to be thankful in harder seasons, it's always appropriate and is always worth it to be thankful. Because God is always worthy of gratitude and worship and praise. And not only is He always worthy of that praise and that worship and that gratitude, we always benefit when we're grateful, when we're thankful. And often, the thing we need most when we're frustrated and things aren't going our way is some gratitude to give us perspective that maybe it's not quite as bad as we're making it out to be. Let's read Psalm 100 together. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. Um, we're not a, a shouting church. like That's just never been our, our MO here at Faith Church. When I came here from the East Coast, I was, I was not used to a shouting church, but I was used to a church that people said, amen, and praise God. You know That's just not a Midwest thing. This is not us, right? Uh, but what I think we could apply this in is what he's telling us is sing out, When when we're singing, sing out. And listen, I know that not all of us are as equally talented. Uh, I know that not all of us can sing as well. But but what we read in the Psalms is, yeah, there's a couple places where it says play skillfully, but a lot of times it says, just make a joyful noise to the Lord. You don't have to be super talented. You don't have to be, uh, listen, this is not American Idol. This is not America's Got Talent. Nobody's going to hit a big red X if you're off key. We're just glad that you're here and that you're singing praises to the Lord. And this says, make a joyful shout. We should vocalize what we are thankful for and that we're worshiping God. Verse two says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Um, Listen, Christians are to be people with joy And somewhere along the way, some of us became convinced that the only way to be a serious Christian is to be serious all the time and sorrowful and, and, and somber. Listen, what we're called to do is to serve the Lord with gladness. We're to be a happy, joyful people. You're not more mature if you're depressed all the time. You're not more mature if you're sad all of the time. God calls us to serve the Lord Joyfully. This doesn't mean that suddenly, all right, now it's on you. You've got to always be happy. You've got to always be cheerful and jovial. That's not what the Lord calls us to either. But we are to serve Him with joy, that in the face of difficult circumstances, in face of the things that we're facing, we have joy. Verse 3, know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. I haven't done, I was going to say much sailing, but I haven't done any sailing. I've never been sailing. But I know that the basic concept of sailing is that you use the wind to propel your boat forward. And even if the wind isn't blowing in the direction that you need to go, you're able to capture the force of the wind and steer against it. And so even if the wind isn't blowing the way that you need to go, you can use that power, that force, that energy to go in the direction that you need to go. And the skill of sailing is going in the direction that you need to go in, regardless of the direction that the wind is blowing. Well, what about when the wind is not blowing? And there was this old skill, that sailors would use when they found themselves in a spot where the wind had completely died. Or they found themselves in a strait where the wind was blocked on either side. They would do this thing called kedging. And kedging is they would took a couple of the, the sailors in a, a boat, in a landing craft, in a smaller lifeboat with the anchor. And they would row out as far as they could and drop the anchor. As far out as the line would allow, drop the anchor, and then all of the rest of the sailors on the boat would pull that rope in. And as they did so, they would pull the boat toward the anchor, propelling it in the direction that they wanted to go. Once that was done, they would lift the anchor up, put it back in the small boat, it would row out as far as it could, drop anchor, and they'd do it again. Now, that is a lot of work. That's not harnessing the power of the wind. That's not allowing the sea to do the work for you. That is laborious. It's hard work every step of the way. But sometimes they would have to do this because there was no other option to get them where they needed to be or to get them to the spot where they could catch the power of the wind. Listen, sometimes in our lives, the wind is at our backs. And it is so easy to be thankful But other times, it's like there's no wind. And we've got to do some hard work to be thankful. We've got to do some hard work to give God praise and thanks. But when we do that, it gets us to the place where we feel the wind in our sails again. We get to the place where we're able to see all that God is doing. It might be that this morning you need to do some kedgeing. You need to do some hard work. You might need to run uphill or against the the wind to give God praise and thanks. But I think that if you do that and you get started and you build that momentum that soon you'll find that it's becoming easier and easier and easier that your perspective changes, and instead of working hard to find something to be thankful for, you'll see something to be thankful for everywhere you look. Here's the truth. God is always good. What differs is our perspective on his goodness. Last week, Pastor Eric uh, reminded us that God is always present What changes is our recognition or our acknowledgement of His presence. God is always good. What changes is our ability or recognition or acknowledgement of His goodness. Now this psalm starts with several commands. Verse 1, make a joyful shout. Verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Verse 3, know that the Lord, he is God. Verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Be thankful to him. Bless his name. The psalmist is going to get to the why and the how of giving God praise and thanks. But he doesn't start there. He starts with the commands. He starts with what we should be doing. Listen, no matter how you feel this morning, You should give God praise. No matter how you're feeling today, you should give God praise. The Lord is worthy of praise, and that's true today, and it was true in June of 2020. It will be true in the darkest valley of your life, whether that's in the past or the future. God is always worthy worthy of praise and honor, because his praise and honor is not dependent upon how we feel, but dependent upon who he is. And that doesn't change. Now listen, you can read in the Psalms and you will find many places where the Psalmists, David especially, they're very upfront about the fact that they're angry. Angry even with God, angry at their circumstances, angry that things aren't going the way that they want. God's not saying that we should ignore all of that or pretend that it doesn't exist. But he does call us to give him praise in spite of it. There will be times that we have to trust him even when we can't see what his plan is. Times that we must know that he is working even when we can't see it. Even when we can't feel it. He's working. Listen, I know that when you look at me, you see peak male performance and fitness. Um, I don't know why that was so funny. Um, And this will probably shock you, but there are mornings that I don't want to go to the gym. But I need the exercise regardless of how I feel. And actually, when I don't feel like going to the Y is probably when I need to go most. There will be times that we don't feel like giving God praise, and those are probably the times that we need to give him praise the most. You and I, we need habits and rituals that pull us into giving God praise and thanks regardless of what is happening regardless of the temperature outside, regardless of the busyness of our schedules, that we are going to regularly give time to praise God and honor Him whether or not we feel like it. And that's not about a blind faith. This command to give God praise without talking about the why is not a command to just give God praise without understanding why He's good. It's a command to give God praise regardless because sometimes our ability to see is blocked by the circumstances of life and the hardships that we're facing. I find that when I intentionally give thanks, but when I don't feel like it, when I'm frustrated, when I'm angry, But when I sit down and I intentionally, knowing that I need to do this, not because I feel like it, but I know that I need to, I'm going to write down 10 things that I'm thankful for. I'm going to write in my journal all the things that God has done, all the prayers that he has answered. What I find happening is I get moved into a new groove, into a new perspective. Suddenly I feel the wind at my back and instead of looking for and easily finding all the things that are going wrong it's much easier to find all of the things that are going right that God is doing. So this morning I challenge you to give God thanks to decide to give Him praise. I challenge you to choose gratitude before we get to the why to recognize that this is something that you need and something that God is worthy of. And I think that once you do that, you'll experience the shift and it becomes easier and easier and easier to give God thanks. Now, in addition to these commands, the psalmist gives us the whys. He gives us the why we should give God praise. He says in verse 3, it is He who has made us and not we ourselves. Have you ever heard the phrase, he was born on third base and thinks he hit a triple? It's the idea of someone who thinks that all of these advantages that they have in their life, that it's because of all of their hard work. They don't recognize that there are so many people that made it possible for them to be where they're at. We are quick to tell people how hard we've worked to get to where we are at today. But the truth is, is that every one of us have a list of people that made it possible for us to be where we're at today. And you're here this morning, not because of your hard work, but because God gives you the opportunity to be here. God gave you life. You only exist because He causes you to exist. You're only able to breathe and to walk in the building this morning because He makes it possible. Years ago, I saw the movie um, Shenandoah. It's got Jimmy Stewart in it. Jimmy Stewart's in a ton of movies think about Jimmy Stewart and like It's a Wonderful Life there's several very powerful moments of of prayer and he's asking God for help and he's recognizing but in this movie it's very different because in the movie Shenandoah Jimmy Stewart is this farmer and he sits down with his family at Thanksgiving and he has to give a prayer of thanks but he doesn't really feel like God deserves that much credit And and this is the prayer that his character prays in the movie. Lord, we cleared this land. We plowed it, we sowed it, and we harvested it. We cooked the harvest. It wouldn't be here, and we wouldn't be eating it if we hadn't done it all ourselves. We worked dog bone hard for every crumb and morsel on this table. But we thank you just the same anyway, Lord, for the food that we're about to eat. Amen. And sometimes our gratitude can not be that extreme. God, thank you for what you've done, but here's all the things I had to do. Listen, you, you wouldn't have opportunity to do any of those things. God didn't create you, make you. From the very beginning, God is the author of your story. There wouldn't be a first chapter if it wasn't for him. No one got to where they're at today on their own. And even if you were born in the woods and raised by wolves and learned everything you've ever learned because you taught it to yourself, everything you've ever had, you made it for yourself, even then you would still owe God praise because he gave you the opportunity to be born and to breathe air and to have sunlight. There's no one who is where they're at today because they did it all on their own. There are no self-made men and self-made women. God made you. So why should you give him praise? Because he is the author of your very existence. Verse 3 goes on to say, We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. God didn't just create you and wander off. God didn't just create you and say, figure it out. He's not just some grand watchmaker in the universe who wound the clock and is letting it run out. He is in the pasture with us. He is caring for us, guiding us. He's working to lead us where we need to go. Now, some of you right now, you're thinking of situations in your life. and You're like, well, he didn't really do a great job with that one. You know what that's like? That's like a sheep who runs away and the shepherd is calling them and chasing them and then that sheep falls into a ditch and says, I can't believe the shepherd did this to me. Some of you are in situations that God begged you not to go down that road. He pleaded with you. He chased after you. He tried to intervene and yet you ran from him. And then when you found yourself in trouble, you say, I can't believe God did this to me. Some of you are in situations, you're in hardships right now, and though they're not of your own making, the brokenness of this world is in the making of our sin. Everything that God made, he made good. And the imperfections and the hardships of this world are the result of our sin our brokenness he is our shepherd we are his sheep this is his pasture he is attempting to lead us home to take care for us then in verse 5 the psalmist tells us for the Lord is good and as Christians we say God is good all the time all the time God is good right right and I think that what we're, what we're thinking of when we say that is like, man, God's good and everything's going to be great. And sometimes there'll be something horrible that happens, and one person narrowly escapes the calamity, and we say, man, God is good. And we're talking about that person who just narrowly escaped. But what about all those people who didn't escape? Is God good in their lives? Is God good to them? Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, the present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. When Charles Spurgeon preached on that passage, he wrote, God is good, not because he causes things that seem or feel good to happen in our lives, but because in the midst of the things that are not good, he comes closer and he is with us we experience him more in those moments than we could have beside the storm. God is not good because he makes it all good. God is good because even when the world is bad, he does not forsake us. He is with us. I just recently saw footage from a, a high school football game in Ohio a couple of weeks ago. Maybe you saw it on the news There's just a standard football game happening, there's people in the stands, and suddenly everyone starts running. And what you can't hear on the video, but everyone in the stands here is outside of the stadium, just outside of it, there are gunshots. There's gunfire happening. And everyone is running off of the field and out of the stands, it's a stampede, it's pandemonium, everybody's running away from those gunshots. But if you watch that video, while everyone is running, From your right to left, on that screen, there are just a few people who are running from left to right. they are police officers that are at the game, and instead of running from the gunshots, they're running toward them. They're not running from the trouble to safety. They're running to the trouble. And I think that anyone who would watch that and see their bravery... Just like we would say about any firefighter who runs into a burning building, that's good. That's noble. That's heroic. To run towards trouble, to help those that are in need. That is what God did for us. That when the world fell into disrepair and brokenness, He did not run. He did not abandon us, he ran to us. He ran to be among us, to live as one of us, to die on the cross for our sins. Why, why did he come to rescue us? Because as the rest of verse five says, his mercy is everlasting. God had mercy on us while we were yet sinners. God didn't have mercy on us after we cleaned up our act. God didn't have mercy on us after we fixed what was broken. God had mercy on us while we were sinners, while we were broken. He ran towards the trouble to save us. And not because we deserved it. Not because he thought we'd make it up to him because we can't. But because of his mercy If everything in your world has gone wrong and every circumstance in your life is negative, you can still give God thanks because He runs to you in your trouble to save you. He runs to you in your trouble because His mercy is everlasting and He's made it possible for you to be saved from the trouble of this world. And then lastly, verse five tells us, and his truth endures to all generations. Just recently, I was reminded um, four years ago this week, um, we held funeral services here. Ann, Tom's wife and that was a year that we not only lost Ann but we lost several believers here in our congregation people who had served the Lord faithfully, who were here for most of the years of the 40 years of our congregation that was a hard year that we said goodbye to all of those people some of whom you know some of whom you're newer, you don't know them good, godly people that we miss dearly. But this is the way the world works. A generation comes and that generation goes. And as we get older, we recognize this more and more. We become more and more aware of it. That our time in this life is short. But God's truth and His goodness does not pass with that generation. And so when those good godly people of our church passed away and they went on to their heavenly reward, they went to be with Jesus, the truth did not leave with them, but it's passed to a new generation. It's passed to a new group of people who proclaim the gospel to the generation that will follow. Generation that comes next. And this thing that we are, we are giving God praise for and we're celebrating, that we're thankful for, it's not just for us. It's for our children and our grandchildren and their grandchildren. And listen, there's a lot that we can be thankful for this morning, things that God has done, good things that we enjoy that are wonderful, but they're temporary. They'll be gone at the end of the day. They'll be gone at the end of this season. Beautiful things that we see, that they come and they go. But God's word endures generation to generation. His mercy endures forever forever. And we're giving him praise, not only for his faithfulness to us, he's been faithful our entire lives. Remember, we're giving him praise because he has been faithful to generations. 2,000 years ago, when he handed off this truth of the gospel to his disciples and every generation since, God has been so very faithful. It's not just all my life he's been faithful. It's everlasting his faithfulness. Listen, if you find yourself in a spot, in a day, in a season, in a long period of adversity and difficulty, know that if you can zoom out to an eternal perspective and see God's faithfulness, that is reason to give thanks. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Isaac and Hannah are going to come and and lead us in in a song. And over these last several weeks, I've encouraged you to kind of remain in a a posture of prayer and to to remain seated as you respond to what the Lord is speaking to you about. And today, I'm, I'm going to ask you to stand with me because we're gonna sing God's praises and we're gonna sing about how good he is that even in times of adversity, he runs towards us in that trouble, that he's been faithful to us, not just our whole lives, but from generation to generation. And I hope that you are just overcome with gratitude and thanksgiving and you want to give him praise. But it may be that you're here today and it's hard for you. And it's a struggle. And it's it's not like having the wind at your back. It's like hedging. It's, it's, It's hard sledding. It's running uphill with the wind in your face. And I want you to know that you can call upon the Lord in prayer and ask for his help. Or you can come here to the altar and I will pray with you. Lord, I ask, Lord, that we would be filled with gratitude and praise. Thanksgiving at what you have done. And Lord, that you would give us that eternal perspective to see that you are so good. That even when the world is evil and corrupt, even when we face adversity, Lord, that you run to us in that and that you are good. Work in hearts. We pray this in your name.